Oh my goodness gracious, kickoff is coming so, so close. So hey, we have one of our best friends of the program, Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports, to talk about all things MSU football. You already know it's going to be a good one. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is how close we are to kickoff. It is right around the corner. I can smell the cinnamon whiskey. I can feel the 50-50 raffle tickets filling up my pocket. I could feel myself already starting to lose my voice because, yes, Friday night is so close. And we have Justin Sin of 24-7 Sports on the program. Justin, let's just get a quick vibe check from you, man. How on earth are you doing on this amazing day during game week? Yes. Very, very excited. Um, it's NFL Cup Day, so I know. <laughs> fully tuned into the Eagles. I think it's going to be a good NFL season, but um, I guess we don't have to talk about that if that's not what the audience cares about. <laughs> we can mix in some of it. Sure, yeah, to no. decide who the backup quarterback is going to be for Philadelphia. I'm sure that's why everyone's Minshew. tuned in. Too. Mania. Hey, now. Hey, no, let's go. There we go. But no, obviously we got a lot of MSU football stuff to talk about, but before we get to yep. any of that, I just got to tell the folks, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this year's podcast or YouTube channel uh, if you like to, if you're watching on YouTube. And also, hey, if you like the old-fashioned email way, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Uh, Justin, I'm fired up. A lot of state fans are fired up. Look, we, we got Michigan State football. Friday night, stripe the stadium. If you're even, wear green. If you're odd, wear white. Just had to throw that out there. There's plenty to be excited about, but in your opinion, here's a really ridiculously broad question to kick this thing off, but what one thing should be at the top of Michigan State fans' list for like reasons to be excited about this season, if you can narrow it down to just one favorite thing? Personally, for me, it's um, hopefully getting to see a much-improved defense, um, yeah. getting to see, getting to see um, a unit in the defensive backfield where all of last year's corners and safeties return, all of them will be healthier than they were at the tail end of last year. Um, if if you remember watching closely, every single person on Michigan State's roster um, back in the defensive backfield was improving, whether it was Ronald Williams getting much better from the Northwestern game, whether it was Charles Brantley getting more acclimated to uh, Division I football, whether it was Marquis Lowry returning from his first injury and getting better. But if you also recall, Every single one of those guys did get hurt around the time of the Michigan-Purdue games, and they were limping around in the Purdue game. Some of them missed that game. The Ohio State game, even the safeties were like barely walking. So health and a return and stability um, make that room very exciting. And then you also factor in Amir Speed coming in, joining the fold, probably cornerback one, uh, bumping everyone down um, a, a tier of responsibility, and suddenly very, very exciting defensive back room. And then the linebacker core and the defensive tackle room are, I think, Michigan State's two biggest strengths and are probably their top – they're probably top one, two, or three in both of those categories, I'd say. Linebacker-wise, you have Aaron Brule coming in. You have Jacoby Winman coming in. You have Cal Halliday returning. He's all freshmen. Um, you have Darius Snow moving to linebacker. So those four right there are going to be very solid. And then whatever you can get out of Ma and out Teote, uh, ben Van Sumeren, 
um, and some of the others will be a bonus as well. But an awesome linebacker room, defensive tackle. I could go on and on the same way. The only thing is defensive end. I'm curious to see who emerges beyond Jeff Petrowski. Um, And I also do want to know what kind of rotation they use at linebacker and maybe even the scheme if they use a stand-up edge on every down, maybe just third down. So there's a lot of exciting things to watch for, and there's also a lot of potential. So the defensive um, scheme and performance are, are, are the top of my list for what to watch for on Friday. You know, that funnels right into what I wanted to talk about is, look, you're an insider's insider. You're very plugged into the program. But also, too, as we lead up to kickoff, Mel Tucker doesn't let anyone know anything outside the program. No depth chart, very short answers at the press conference. So even for someone as plugged in as you are, what are you looking forward to the most on Friday as far as just like getting information? Is it seeing, you know, how they're going to use their front seven is Jacoby Winman going to be playing stand-up edge. Yeah. So is that on the top of your list? And if so, then what's number two on yeah. your list? Because there's no real position battles here that are, you know, hot. Every position seems right. to be pretty short up. But So what do you have for us? Yeah. I, I guess specific to Friday, I would like to see Michigan State get out to enough of a lead where they can bring in some of the backup offensive linemen. I want to sure. see how Brandon Baldwin does at left tackle, maybe how Ethan Boyd does at right tackle. Um, Gino Vandemark in the interior is supposed to be um, up there in the playing group as far as the reserves go. So I, I want to see how those guys stack up against top-tier MAC talent before maybe having to play against some Big Ten competition. Um, so that, that would be next up on my list. But, yeah, just um, kind of like I touched on earlier for number one, it's just how are they going to line up in that front six um, yeah. I have mentioned in the past that I would like to see them kind of use um, Winman in a way that Penn State used Jesse Lakeda last year, where that's your defensive line does not suddenly use a nose tackle and become a three-man front. They still have two regular defensive tackles, a traditional defensive end, and then it's a straight swap with Winman coming in for a defensive end and just using that on all three downs, not just as a third-down specialist. Um, but maybe that maybe they have the reasons for why that may not work. I guess we'll see. But that's what I would like to see happen. But if not, I, I'm just very curious to see exactly how they're going to structure their front six. And, you know, that leads into a specific question about a certain player that I'm going to turn it just to a broad question because, you know, Chris Bogle yeah. is opposite of Jeff Petrowski. You, we all know Jeff Petrowski returning from last year. Chris Bogle, the Florida transfer. Is he standing out in practice, do you know? And if so, awesome, great. Or is there other names, too, that have really surprised you as like, oh, wow, I'm hearing this guy is really standing out during practice. Maybe we'll get to see him a lot on Friday. Who who are the guys that we should keep our eye out on that might surprise us a little bit is a short way to ask that question. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I haven't heard anything about Chris Vogel um, right. all camp. <laughs> haven't also heard anything about anyone that would be behind him on the depth chart. Um, so, so either, either those guys are not standing out beyond Jeff P or, or they're just doing a very, very good job of keeping that a mystery because that's where there could be a lot of, um, I like fluidity. That. Yeah. So, so I, I like that. Yeah. So that's actually why I was kind of saying, I hope that they go with, um, that Jacoby Winman stand up route just because, you know, there's not a ton of reason to be excited just yet about the other defensive end spot, but Hey, maybe it's just mm-hmm. a mystery and Bogle's going to come out and be a beast. So yeah, in terms of Vogel, honestly, I don't know what to tell fans to expect, but just as a whole, um, I, I think some guys you can expect to be excited for. Um, 
you know, is Amir Speed. I know it's it's a, it's a boring answer, but he's just going to be something different than what yeah. Michigan State fans are used to. Um, both of the running backs. Um, I know I was I was higher on Broussard than Berger at the time that they both transferred in, but I've heard that Berger has had a great camp and um, okay. going to be very excited to see how those carries are split. And Keon Coleman. He's going to be the most likely the starting um, Z receiver on the other side of Jaden Reed. So um, maybe we'll look to see if Jeremy Bernard can get in there in, in the fourth quarter some. But those are the those are the things I think the fans might be um, surprised by or just um, if you haven't followed too closely, might make you say, who hey, who's that guy over there? So that's that's what we're looking at. There we go. I actually asked this question on the Can't Read, Can't Write uh, podcast. You know, they were fishing for mailbag questions, as us yeah. podcasters do, and I threw one their way. Um, and the question was this. It's only three three words. You ready for this? You, you're sitting down. You ready to answer this mm-hmm. one? Who is him? Who mm. is going to be him for Michigan State this year, Justin? That's right. And if you're not incredibly plugged in online and you don't know what that question's even asking, who's going to be the real deal is the layperson's way of asking that question for anyone I just confused, but... Who was him, Justin? Who was him? You know, my answer my answer would have been Jacoby Winman if I knew okay. exactly how they were going to use him. Sure. If, if I knew that they were going to use him as a stand-up edge more than a traditional linebacker, he would have been my answer. Okay. But if, the, if they have him dropping back into coverage at least 40% of the time, I don't know if that's maximizing his skill set, so we may Got not it. see him fill up the box box score and, and make as many electrifying plays. So if not him, as being if him, not him, then who is him? Yeah, if yeah. not him, then who is him? I, that's right. I got I got to I got to ride with my guy Jerick Broussard, who, who I've been okay. hyping up since the beginning. Wow, let's I, go. I I know I know <clears throat> we are all hesitant to say. Um, anybody's going to be the next Kenneth Walker and he's not going to be the next Kenneth Walker, but sure. he has, he has a lot of Kenneth qualities um, other than one. So he's a guy that he, he plays tougher than his size. He'll run through arm tackles. He'll break tackles. He has, he has very good vision at the line. Like K nine did. He has great agility and lateral bounce makes guys miss all the time. Uh, that's why he won 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. So we're not just hyping up some random Mickey Mouse player right. here. Yeah, This is a guy that is a very, very established and great running back. The only thing he doesn't have is K-9's top gear of speed. Okay. So so if you if you kind of remember, like, K-9 would turn some of those um, six, seven, eight-yard runs into 25, 30, 35, 40-yard runs, I think these he might turn a six, eight-yard run into an 18-yard run, which, hey, you'll take. It's Moving you down the field rather slower than Kenneth did, but still at a rather quick pace. So um, I I think if you combine the fact that he doesn't have breakaway speed and the fact that he's undersized, you're not going to see him get drafted, uh, at least in the first five rounds of the NFL draft, I would say. I'd give him a six to UDFA grade. But I think in terms of his college production, he's probably going to be one of the most productive running backs Michigan State has had other than K-9 since probably Le'Veon. Uh, I'll take that. That's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, I'll sign. Yeah, where do I sign the dotted line for that one right there? There we go, man. So yeah. look at us off and running. But Justin, I'm so sorry. I just got to take a face <laughs> off the screen for a hot second. And now 
Unfortunately, everyone on YouTube, yes, it's me. It's my full-size face. I'm sure this is the last thing you want to see. But, hey, how about the first sports app that you want to hear about? That's right. We're talking about Bet Online. I'm back to talk off your ear about it. Shoot, I should never got rid of Justin. We could have talked about, are the Eagles going to hit their over-under win total for the season, which, of course, is at Bet Online, as far as many other NFL bets, college football bets. Go into week one with Bet Online, the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and yes, even golf. That's right. Bet Online continues to be the best and top online resource for all your sports wagering information, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered top to bottom. So, what on earth are you waiting for? Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action, check it all out, bet online where the game starts. And as we won, uh, <laughs> if I could talk properly, as we welcome back the wonderful Justin Thind, I wanted to say, hey, thank you all so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day as we are gearing up to kick off. Justin, let's talk about the youngins, the little tykes on this team, the true freshmen. Should we expect to see any this early in the season, or is this just a quick answer of, no? What are we feeling for the true freshmen? You know, I think I think this class is going to have a lot of guys that are going to play as freshmen. Um, I don't know if the first week necessarily would be the time. I think at some positions you could see that. Um, if they get out to a rather significant lead, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Zion Young come in and get some snaps at defensive end. I don't think he was even ranked in the top 600, but I was told, I think starting around signing day all the way until till today, that the staff thinks that he was probably the most underrated player in the previous class. Um, back then in December and January, I kind of just, I didn't dismiss it, but I just made a mental note of it. I was like, okay, cool. And I just kept it yeah. to myself. But then camp started and you start seeing him actually on the field. You start seeing just the eye test that he passes and some more feedback you get. And suddenly you're like, okay, this is, this is now there was telling me this in December. Now that I'm hearing in April and I'm hearing it again in August. And suddenly you start to piece together that this is going to be one of the, the biggest standouts of the 2022 class for Michigan state. Um, Jeremy Bernard, as I mentioned earlier, he's going to be a guy oh, yeah. that I expect to be in the playing group this year. Um, wide receiver four, maybe five. We'll see Montori Foster, I guess is also right up there, but, um, those are the two that I would expect to play this week. I think down the road, you can also see Caleb Coley start to get some run, but I okay. think maybe they might try to play the starting uh, defensive back group a little longer just to get continuity since they're playing together for the first time. So they might just give them extended run for, for camaraderie purposes and, and making sure all the communications and calls are locked down. Um, there's some other standout guys like Alex Van Sumeren that would play if they had the need, but they're loaded at defensive tackle right now. Um, right. I guess Jack Stone, if he beats out uh, Ben Patton for the kicking job, and I guess beats out Rusnak too. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that um, have the talent to play right away. Don't have a lot of need for a lot of them, but I think there's, there's going to be some, uh, some freshman contributions this year. And I'm going to rehash an old storyline from last week. You know, Dylan Tatum, he goes from the safety room to the cornerback room. Uh, Davion Prim, the darling of spring ball at running back, is now also with the cornerbacks as well. So, (laughs) you know, the fan base is talking like, "Uh uh-oh, does this mean the cornerback room actually needs some help and that's why we're pulling Tatum and and Prim into the mix? Or is it just a matter of fact that 
okay, the running back room is already six, if not maybe seven deep. And Dylan Tatum has always kind of been like a tweener coming out of high school. Yeah. Like he's really a bona fide athlete. So how do you just dissect that? Or yeah, how do you dissect the whole situation? So, pulling those guys in the cornerback room. So if, if my understanding is correct, Michigan State this year no longer plans to use their nickelback spot in a way where it's a thumper like Darius Snow kind of was. And when Dylan gotcha. Tatum signed and they were talking about Dylan Tatum's usage in December – um, at that point, the plan was to continue using this nickel thumper kind of role, and that's why he was mm-hmm. labeled as such. But now that the now that the nickelback spot is a pure cover corner, the options really were to move Dylan Tatum back behind the ball to to safety, or to move him to linebacker. He's not he's not a linebacker, especially not not at this point of his career. Right. So really, once yeah. they changed the designation of the nickelback spot. Naturally, I think cornerback was the spot for him. Um, I guess they could have put him at safety, but they prefer to have him closer to the ball. He's physical. He's a guy that likes to, to tackle. Um, he can provide run support. And um, I think for that reason, they're going to be calling him a cornerback. But really, that was more of a scheme change, more, more than Dylan Tatum changing positions per se. For Prim, I'm still not sure what to make of that. I think when Mel was saying he was impressed by Prim, I think he was saying impressed by him as a player and as an athlete, not necessarily as a running back. So maybe Mel figured maybe we can use his athleticism at corner and see if he, if he's a fit there. But I, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure what to make of him. But no, I don't think the cornerback room is that much of a worry. Um, if you start looking at all the corners they have, Obviously, it's it's um, the starters and Ronald Williams and Amir Speed, and I'm guessing Chester Kimbrough at nickel. Um, okay. And then you also probably have Charles Brantley in that mix. Then you have Marquis Lowry. Um, you have Kari Crump. You have um, Caleb Coley. Um, so I, I think uh, one time I listed it out for a message board post, and I was at like nine scholarship guys um, that, that might be in the, in the hunt to, for playing time at that unit. So – um, they're not necessarily hurting there for playing time. I mean, for, for guys to fill playing time. Okay. And, and that, that brings a lot of clarity and comfort to us state fans. Because, yeah. look, understandably so, some of us are a little skittish about cornerbacks, especially after all the scars left from last season. So, okay, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's good clarity right there. And hey, speaking of clarity or lack thereof, uh, Mel Tucker was asked about the kickers. On Mondays with Ooh. Mel, his last press conference before the season. And, you know, I'm just going to take this time to talk about my favorite position group to talk about, the kicker position. If you had to bet, I don't know, five mortgage payments on it, uh, who, who's trotting out for the first field goal? Let's call it the 39-yarder on the left hash first quarter. Who is going to be taking that kick, in your opinion? The new kid, Ben Patton, Jack Stone, or old face Steven Rusnak? Well, first off, Matt, you assuming they're going to need to kick a field goal is hey, that's true. very pessimistic of you. <laughs> I'm a bad um, fan. I'm a bad <laughs> fan. That's right. That's a good point. That's a very good yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer, in my opinion, um, or I guess my prediction for who it would be, is Ben Patton. Um, okay. I think, I think uh, what you're going to see is probably some inconsistency out of him this year. But at, at the end of the day, I think his floor is the highest. He's a guy that um, has okay. already made a 49-yard kick against Alabama in double overtime of the Iron Bowl. Um, neither Jack Stone or Spencer Rusnak have made a kick anywhere close to that in their FBS careers. Stone, obviously, because he's a freshman. Rusnak, because, sure. well, he hasn't made such a kick. Um, so you're, you're kind of looking at a guy that has done more than the other guys in that room. 
but also I believe he missed a gimme or two when he was at Al- at Auburn. So um, I think it's going to be a shaky kicking performance uh, from the unit this year. But what I kind of remind people is that isn't necessarily going to be a step down from last year. Um, I think Coglin is kicking about 63% his senior year. I think the number was like um, 11 for 18 or, or something close to that. So um, it's going to be um, an uncertain season for the kickers. It's going to be probably not the um, can most consistent, but I don't think that necessarily means it's a big step down. All right. Fair enough. No, that, that, okay. So in, in your, if you're the coach, you're sending out those three kickers and also the punter Bryce Berenger to the sidelines in street clothes on Friday. Like you're just no, <laughs> no kicking, no punting. Like what, this, this offense is going to score every time they get the ball. So well, we don't got to yeah. worry about it. We don't got to worry about it. Yeah. For, for me, I would, I would honestly just get rid of kickers um, in terms okay. of uh, aggressive. Terms of, well, okay. <laughs> so I, 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 I should, I should be more specific. I am opposed to extra points. It is my okay. opinion, it is my opinion, more so in the NFL than in, in college football because the extra points are further, um, percentages yep. of them going in are, are, are lower. I would honestly just go for a two-point conversion on every single touchdown, especially if I was an NFL coach. So I, being I an extremist, I, being an extremist, is, is not the person you should ask uh, for fair assessments on the need for a kicker. Fair enough. All right, uh, at the time of recording right now, this has not hit the internet streets yet, but Justin, you got a fun little article at 24-7 Sports coming yes. out. It's a true or false thing. You give a prompt, you answer if it's true or false, and then you give a good explanation of why. Do you mind if we tease that a little bit right now? Yes. And just give us like you know two, two, two of them, three of them yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? Let's get nuts. You ask me the question, okay. true or false, and then we'll, we'll bebop around yeah. and banter about it. How's that sound? Get, get everyone yeah. off to the rest Sounds of the day with this one. Sounds good. Okay, Matt. Hit me. True or false? Okay. Michigan State fans should be worried about MSU's offensive line depth. Well, if you've listened to this show, you already know my answer, and that is a all caps <laughs> T-R-U-E. That is going to be a true statement because uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'll, I'll say it. I'm mad enough to say it. I'm scared. <laughs> scared. Yeah, I, I, that is that is the answer I wrote. Um, I think okay. <laughs> I I, th- I think you have six guys on the offensive line that you will play in a competitive game. Last year, oh, Michigan State had about had about eight to ten where there were regardless of score. So not talking about blowouts, um, they were rotating guys in almost like a defensive line just to keep guys fresh. Um, mm-hmm. They were going about eight, nine, ten deep. I think when Campbell was was still healthy, it was ten. Um, yep. this year, that number in those situations, I think is six, it's going to be the five starters. So from left to right, it's going to be Horace Duplain, Samak. Um, I'm thinking Matt Carrick at right guard and then Spencer Brown at right tackle. And if, um, the Washington state transfer, Brian Green does lose the starting right guard role to Matt Carrick, I would expect him to play a ton regardless, um, yeah. giving a break, giving a break to the interior offensive lineman. Um, so those are six guys you'll see play a ton of snaps. After that, I don't know if there's anybody worth uh, rotating in just for freshness purposes in a close game. I think Gino Vandemark might be the guy that's next up in the playing group. Um, and then after that, Brandon Baldwin and Ethan Boyd at tackle, I personally would expect them to only bring those guys in if there's an injury or a blowout. 
but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe the the Spencer Brown to Brandon Baldwin gap isn't as big as as it sounds like right now, or maybe it closes throughout the season. But yeah, right now they have one mate, one guy right now that you would bring in in terms of intentional distribution of snaps, and that's about it. So the the depth is concerning. Right now. Okay, awesome. So we we can't kick. Uh, our offensive line depth is concerned. What a <laughs> emotional emotional roller coaster we have been on this episode. All right, that's one. Uh, do, do you mind giving us another one to tease your yes. upcoming article for twenty four seven sports? That's right. The 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 difficulty of replacing Jalen Naylor will be very high. True or false? I like this one a lot I, because it is. <laughs> I, I, I think it's false. And it's for like the craziest sentence that could be said out loud. Like our receiver room is going to take a step up next season, even <laughs> though the only guy we lost went to the NFL. Like patently, that's just a crazy yeah. thing to say. But when you look into it, like I think you're going to walk us through in a hot second. Yeah. I think the receivers get somehow even better next year, even though, yeah, Jalen Naylor, all he did was just go to the Vikings. So yeah, I love our receivers this year. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that is the correct answer in my opinion. Um, so the way I look at it is Jalen Naylor was a great player, stretched defenses all the way down the field, had some explosive yeah. big plays, part of some of MSU's best moments last year. Vikings drafted him for a reason. However, all of that being said, his durability combined with his limited route tree limited him to 37 catches last year, which still a good, a good amount, yeah. an impressive mark. But for context, Trey Mosley, the third option, 35 catches, two less than Jalen Naylor. So while Naylor was a good, effective weapon, he didn't have a usage rate of somebody that is very hard to replace. And in terms of looking at that limited route tree where he ran a go route better than anyone I've seen at Michigan State in a long time, in those short and intermediate routes on, say, a third and six, and you need a quick slant or a hitch route or out route, he was not oftentimes uh, able to create separation there. That is the sure. reason he went in the sixth round instead of the fourth round um, or even the third round. And I think when you have a guy like Keon Coleman on the field, Jeremy Bernard um, has also a very refined route tree, but I, I hesitate to just put him in the same tier as Keon just yet. So okay. we'll look at Keon just for a second. He's a guy that is going to be able to provide red zone um targets uh where Jalen Naylor actually was not also known in those close yards. I think he's more of a stretch to field guy I think they'll be upgrading in the red zone and I think they'll be upgrading in those high leverage short yardage third and five third and six situations both where Jalen Naylor was not a highly effective receiver now the, the the team as a whole might have less touchdowns of longer than 30 yards uh now that Naylor is gone but I think you might see a higher success rate in the red zone and on third down with Keon on the field than Jalen Naylor. Um, and then Jeremy Bernard, who Jaden Reed came on the SD Farrell show and actually said he's a much more refined route runner and receiver at this point than Reed was as a freshman. Um, right. He kind of gives me some hope to have a little bit of that Jalen Naylor to him. But to okay. say that he would be as good as Jalen Naylor immediately as Naylor was when he became a six on draft pick would be foolish. But um, by the end of the year, well, I don't know how big the gap would be, especially when a lot of the times Jalen Naylor wasn't even healthy at that point of the year in, in order to give a contribution, unfortunately. So that's the way I look at it. And even Montori Foster, Christian Fitzpatrick, Cade McDonald, 
some of those right. guys, they'll, they'll be able to produce in some spots as well. See, getting us out the door with some positivity on a high note. You know, here, let, let's let's do one more, and I'll ask you this one. Michigan State fans are going to have fun on Friday. True or false? Let's go. That, <laughs> I, would so, say that so is, I would say that is true. I would so say that back. is true. Oh, we're so back. True or false? I'm going to eat my body weight in Amish pretzels at Spartan Stadium on Friday. Um, if, if you don't fill up on um, your Irish whiskey, true. then pass it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, whatever's left after the fireball, 48 high <clears throat> noon, 68 white claws, and 128 Miller lights. Um, yeah, we'll see how many more I can fill my body after that. But no, cannot wait for kickoff. I'm sure all the fans can. I know you can either, whether it's the Spartans That's or right. your Philadelphia Eagles, Justin. That's right. Thank you so much for taking your time, sharing with knowledge and everything else that you give to us at Locked on Spartans. And thank you, everyone else, for watching, listening. You guys are the best. Justin, any final words before we shut the door on you? Nope. Just uh, excited for the season to start. Excited to provide content. And just want to thank you and thank the fans for always showing interest in it. And going to be a good season, I think. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Justin, you're the man. Great friend of the program. Stay awesome. And stay awesome, everyone else listening and watching. Love you all. Go green. Let's go. So close to kickoff. Oh, my God. Oh.